0: is trying to understand individual perceptions, beliefs, and norms about society, right? How do
1: individuals- Dedrick Williams is energetic. With shirt sleeves rolled up and tie loosened, the sociology professor strides back and forth in front of his class, gesturing and leaning over to make a point.
0: The groups help facilitate who we are in a given society.
1: Today, the topic is social groups.
0: And we're going to talk about how social institutions, be it your family, be it your social class, etc., ends up shaping those particular beliefs, perceptions, and values that we have of the world.
1: Dr. Williams was shaped by forces in his own life. He grew up in Mississippi and became the first in his family to go to college.
0: I grew up personally in kind of uh, some economic hard times um, along. Uh, even along with um, racism. And so those things for me are not mutually exclusive. And so part of what, I, what really motivated me to do the work that I do is my own biography.
1: Who influenced Dr. Williams along the way? And how does he work to help students? That's this episode of Faculty 101. Okay, you should switch partners now. To be able to inspire young people. <laughs> is your final. It's really rewarding. I love the students. Welcome to Faculty 101, life hacks and success stories from Nebraska faculty. First up, orientation. Who is Dedrick Williams? Hey, hey, Hi. Hey.
0: Hi. How are you? Good. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. When
1: I arrive at his office, Dr. Williams is grabbing a quick bowl of soup at his desk. You're eating your lunch. Well, that gives us time to set up, so no problem. Take your time. A whiteboard on one wall serves as what he calls a symbolic assembly line. Written on one side...
0: So I have manuscripts, what has been accepted for publication, um, what's under review, things that are...
1: And on the other side of the board, notes from a pilot study.
0: And trying to understand the relationship between race-based stressors Um, family relationships and health outcomes, particularly um, physiological outcomes like cortisol.
1: Dr. Williams juggles research and classes along with the demands of his young family, his wife Amber and two children.
0: Yeah, so my daughter um, Avery is two, and my son Anthony is four.
1: He's a busy guy and he likes it that way. Dr. Williams pours energy into everything he does. He says his career is his calling.
0: Sociology for me now isn't just a job, it's a passion. And I feel like it's my duty to educate um, students, to educate the world about the the context that is more broadly the United States and how do we get here, right? And what are the mechanisms and processes that leads to a host of outcomes? And so sociology is, I, I live it, breathe it, think it, um, again, not just as a uh, career, but also as a passion.
1: Time for Office Hours. How did Dr. Williams get here? As a first-generation college student, Dr. Williams was influenced by mentors, including a professor.
0: When I was an undergrad, I was an English major, and I took a social inequality class maybe my junior or senior year that really revolutionized my mind. And I was like, whoa, this class is really speaking to my own biography. And I was fortunate enough that the professor of that class pulled me aside and was like, you really need to consider graduate school. shape the very social- Now that Dr. Williams is a college
1: professor, he reaches out to other freshmen and first-generation students. He teaches a class for Thompson scholars, freshmen who share a dorm floor and attend introductory classes together. Dr. Williams knows how they feel because he's been there.
0: I remember my freshman year being uh, super afraid, um, timid, not knowing what questions to ask, not knowing whether I'm thinking about the world in the right way, maybe I'm gonna say something stupid. And so I tried to get students an opportunity to make to ask me questions, not just about intro to sociology, but college. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you, are you tired? Right? I know what it feels like to be a first-gen student who trying to figure it all out. One way we can retain students, in my opinion, is to show students that you care, and that you care more than the grade they make at the end of the day, but about their overall well-being.
1: Next, lab work, a deep dive into research. Being a new parent is stressful. But what happens when parents also struggle with depression and bills they can't pay? A study of young families conducted by Dr. Williams suggests tough economic issues and mental health problems are linked.
0: The sample included um, couples with children who, the kids were 1 years old, 3 years old, and 5 year olds over time, so it was a longitudinal study, and what we found is that early mental health problems, actually, particularly among mothers, actually incapacitate families in a way that increase their economic problems. But for um, the other direction, economic hardship to mental health, that was more prevalent over time. So if you had early economic um, hardship, it'll affect both uh, mothers and fathers' mental health uh, in the, in the case of depression.
1: And when parents struggle, so does the relationship. Here it
0: goes. Individuals who are married or in a cohabiting relationship when they're experiencing economic hard times or or mental health problems There is detrimental to their relationships too.
1: Information from the study could be used to help develop policies that promote family strength.
0: How we think about um, uh, family leave, right? So how do we approach um, vacations? How do we approach when a child is born? How can we express um, to families across the United States that their families matter? not just in, um, by um, words, but through action. So can, can businesses and organizations create policies within their own institutions to promote family time?
1: Dr. Williams' next area of research involves race-based stress and how it affects physiology. Race-based stressors might include being the only African-American at an event, or dealing with subtle racism like a joke or comment.
0: An African-American person is facing those types of stressors often. And so the body doesn't, is not designed to deal with chronic stress.
1: In a pilot study with five couples, Dr. Williams incorporates surveys and wearable devices that collect physiological signals like heart rate. Samples of saliva measure cortisol, the body's built-in alarm that signals stress.
0: We know that um, African-Americans have a disproportionate, we have racial health disparities in this country. And part of those health disparities are in terms of cardiovascular disease, heart disease, um, strokes, um, et cetera. And so many scholars are wondering what are the kind of physiological things that are happening that put African-Americans at higher risk of those particular problems.
1: Now it's time for a pop quiz, random questions, life hacks, and wisdom for all of us. Do you have a habit that makes you happier or more productive?
0: Um, coffee. <laughs> um, Mine too. <laughs> um, one of the things um, is self-care. Um, and I'm learning this over time, being a new faculty member, of how to juggle time for myself. Being in the gym, um, or cycling here recently, it has been um, a way to relieve my own stress, help me with energy so I can maintain that passion, right?
1: What's your favorite life hack, I guess, or piece of advice for students to be successful?
0: I, I joke to students often is you don't get the time to be away from your parents unsupervised for four to five years um, when you're trying to figure out life. So try to balance kind of work and play. Um, On the one hand, part of being in college is you to do well to pass your courses and get the necessary GPAs that you need to graduate. But at the same time, college is also a place of fun. You get to meet new people. You get to do um, things that you probably didn't even foresee yourself doing. So striking a healthy balance, Is what I encourage students to do, to be responsible, but make the most of it.
1: Finally, graduation day. Final thoughts from Dedrick Williams. (laughs) Going to college is about life-changing moments, a class that opens a new world. What were you thinking about? (laughs) Whoa. A professor who makes you think, wow, I didn't know that." that study abroad experiences that allow you to try on another culture. Friendships that last a lifetime. (laughs) Dr. Williams says it's a privilege to be part of that journey.
0: When you are able to teach your passion, the emotions come out. Um, The passion comes out and students don't become just another set of students I'm teaching that semester, but human beings sitting in a chair who I am really helping and shaping their critical understanding of the world. That means the world to me, to get this opportunity to do that. And not many people are, are able to get up every day to whether that's doing research or teaching to do something you're passionate about.
1: That's it for this episode of Faculty 101. Next week on the podcast... People are going to go upstairs and go, whoa, is this Marl Hall? A new exhibit floor opens at the University of Nebraska State Museum. Faculty 101 is produced by the University of Nebraska-Lincoln.
0: One of the things I really, really want um, for my kids is that one day they in a good kind of university that promotes the arts and sciences, where they can take a course and become blown away and say, this is it. And that's what sociology did for me.